You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome, everybody, to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and today we are airing part five of Marianne Hagen and in a series that has just been loaded with information and uh, giving you a real insight to the person she is, why I bonded with her so easily. She's just so lovable and so eloquent and just a beautiful person inside and out, and I couldn't thank her anymore. Uh, for coming on to this show, taking a chance, and um, we're 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 so thankful for that, and we're thankful for every single one of you. Once again, part five coming at you without any ads. This is going to be something that, uh, if you have a moment, I just want to throw it out there. Thank Lawrence Samhain May. Uh, he made this possible to make this entire series. Um, ad-free because of his contribution to the show. So thank you, Lawrence. Um, also, thank you to Matt Gross, who who has uh, been a monthly subscriber for a long time. And um, I'm still working on a shirt idea that he's come up with and just working on the design currently. Uh, it's the TGIUF. Thank goodness it's Unleashed Friday. And uh, I'm just coming up with the with a design that is going to complement that saying because he is very good at uh, updating every week in the group saying hello to everybody. So I want to make sure that he gets a nice, nice uh, t-shirt idea out of that. Um, The recent Marianne Hagen poster t-shirt that we came out with um, that was printed by uh, our good friend Greg Rawls, his company, Just Right Printing. Give them a give them a look, check them out. Uh, if you have menus or brochures or business cards or posters, flyers, whatever, whatever it is, uh, Greg's company, family owned and operated. Um, obviously, just like all of us going through some very trying and difficult times uh, with the coronavirus check them out and you will not be disappointed. Got, uh, got some, uh, cards in from him that I had printed and obviously the t-shirts and the quality is just second to none. And I'm going to try to come up with, uh, more designs that is one to two color that, uh, can save you guys some, some money that love that type of swag, love the t-shirt ideas. But if we can print them in one or two colors, um, it'll save you guys some money, save us some money. And, uh, you know, T public doesn't get it all. So, um, you're noticing I am by myself this week. It has just been, um, a crazy couple of weeks. Um, I've actually haven't been as in touch, um, with my guest over the last few weeks, uh, as much as I, as I was right now. Um, as you heard at the top of the show last week, uh, for those that listened, um, my grandfather is who raised me. I call him dad because he's the only dad I've ever known. He's just been really battling depression uh, through his Parkinson's and dementia. He's now waking up, not knowing where he is. Uh, 
begging to go back to my childhood home. He's not sure why he's not there anymore. So, you know, the, uh, all of the, um, the ailments that these diseases take on you is, is really starting to take that next step. And it, it's really sad to watch. Uh, this was one of the most brilliant men that I have ever known that didn't really come from too much that built his own an empire probably sounds kind of arrogant and overstating it, but he built a nice, he was the definition of, you know, you start from nothing, you work hard and you build a nice little nest egg for your family. That's probably the best way to say it is um, he owned a propane business for a number of years uh, ate rice and beans for two years until it became profitable, uh, ran that for over 10 years, obviously, and he sold it um, in his mid-40s. Uh, he was just a couple years older than me when he sold it, and he was going to retire. And then he quickly realized, because he's a workaholic like me, that's, that's where I get that from, um, he decided that retirement was not for him and uh, he was too young to do that. So he built a self storage business along with a leasing plaza with storefronts uh, right next to his old gas company. Um, at the age of 15, I was coming in after school and, you know, learning, you know, customer service. And, uh, you know, I was uh, to the point where, when everybody else was out training for sports or you know running around partying in high school, um, I did a little bit of that as well. Like I went and goofed off and did all the crazy stuff. I mean, not too crazy, but I was a pretty good kid. But um, you know, but I was I was going. I was I was writing contracts and you know signing deals and renting uh, storage space after that to 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 uh, tenants and. You know, 15, 16 years old. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with uh, with the public like I own the place, but I grew up in the business, and you know, I watched him run that for 20 years, uh, roughly. And then uh, my grandmother got extremely, extremely sick, and um, he had to end up because I I moved away, went to college. He had to. Um, sell the business to take care of her full time. And he's been retired uh, since. And uh, she lasted about a year and a half after he sold the business. And then she passed away. And he's since remarried to a, to a wonderful woman that I think that my grandmother or mom, if you want to call her that, would have picked out for her um, to, to, to replace her. So, um, but she's in a, you know, they've only been married for about four years. They, they made it official. And then shortly after they made it official, he started to show signs that he had dementia and was getting really forgetful. And she's become to the point where she's had to take over a lot of uh, situations. Point being is, is I've, I've been really tied up with that. I've uh, been trying, um, obviously, as everybody has, has witnessed, um, I have been pumping out more masks. Uh, and I've said this before. And for those that maybe have missed it, I'm going to state it again. Uh, back in the HMMAT podcast, there was a rise and fall of WMP and that 
that um, that episode is in the Wayback Wednesday in our archives here. Um, the question was asked, will you ever take another order? And my answer was definitively no. I have caught so much criticism in the last several months due to that comment back in 2017. So that, that statement of never say never, it, it is 100% a fact. And then just this past uh, February, I had announced on my timeline that you know, I'm not going to take any more orders. I'm only going to, because uh, I was really just rocking and rolling with my marketing business. Everything was had finally got to the point where it, it was self self sufficient, and you know, and I was signing deal after deal after deal after deal, and things were going really really well. And so all that training I took last summer into the early fall was really starting to pay off. Then the coronavirus hit. Um, and that statement I made that I'm not going to take any more orders and I'm just going to do things. And as I have, have them done, I'm going to put them out. I'm going to focus on the orders I have outstanding. Well, when the coronavirus hit and I started to look at, um, budgets and what we need to function the household and, uh, in different aspects of my household, I started to look at and say, hey, I can't go out and I can't sign any new deals because I can't meet face to face with people. And typically, if somebody is going to give you $1,500, a $2,000, $3,000 a month to market them correctly and be competitive, um, they want to sit face to face with you and get to know you. And so there's only so much that you can do with that on a, on a phone call. Um, Long story short, I can't go meet with my clients currently. Um, I've had a lot of clients that um, are doctor's offices that are still open and they're fine. They're, they're helping keep uh, my business and uh, certain things afloat. But, um, you know, and I'm only addressing all this because I've been asked privately. So I figured I would just make a, a statement publicly. Um, on the podcast for everyone to, to hear. So back to this, uh, but the rest of my clients are mainly restaurants and mainly text message marketing clients. And as you well know, but you can't go into restaurants, so you can't run a lot of deals. So therefore, a lot of restaurants are doing curbside and keeping their, their staff very, very, very lean. And, you know, if you start sending out a bunch of, coupons and special offers and birthdays and all this other stuff, you may not have the staff to accommodate the influx of traffic that you're going to have from the text message marketing. So a lot of the restaurants that I have, they've backed off. So from a financial perspective, when I looked at it um, with a big picture thought, I was like, I've got to pick up some slack here. And if I don't, you know, I'm going to be hurting pretty good. So I've been able to fall back into finishing up my older orders. I'm getting into the newer stuff and I've been able to take on several more. I don't know how long this coronavirus thing is going to last from everything I understand. Um, it, it, it can go on until, you know, to where we go into a 
remission of sorts in the summertime and then um, start to rear its ugly head once again right around the holidays, which is going to be horrible. I, I hope and pray that it doesn't happen. And for those out there that are struggling, that are hurting uh, financially, I definitely feel for you guys. Um, and, um, you know, prayers are with you and uh, thoughts are with you. If, if you don't pray, that, that's fine. Um, but all I'm going to say is, is for those that are in line, if you don't hear from me, nothing else has been done. And just wait your turn because every time I've got to stop and answer several questions or stop and reassure you that everything is good, uh, we're still on, all this, all this side distraction stuff, it keeps me from being able to continue to work and get these things out faster. So just, um, just be patient. That's all I can say is when you hear from me, things are moving. I don't have a co-host this week. And we're going to play Marianne's uh, part five interview straight through. And I brought all that stuff up to let you know, as you can tell, I've been busy. I haven't been sleeping well, been burning the midnight oil. And typically when I record on a Wednesday with my co-hosts uh, of the week, it's usually Wednesday evening, Wednesday night after, after my kids go down and I got free time and it's the middle of the week and things have kind of calmed down. I don't ever do it at the beginning of the week just for the simple fact of Mondays and Tuesdays are usually crazy. By Wednesday, things are starting to mellow out. Thursday and Friday is a push to get through the end of the work week and get an episode out, etc. And Wednesday is the best day to do it. However, um, I just needed some sleep last night. So I just said, nope, can't do it, and uh, let's just play this part five interview all the way through. Um, last thing I will throw out, and then we will get to Marianne. I'll be back at the very end to say hey to everybody and to remind everybody what's going on. We'll not recap or break down the episode because you know, you're going to just hear it all the way through, and you don't need me doing that. So cool thing is we get to try something a little different today. After all that, I'm done talking and we're going to get to our guest of the week. This is Marianne Hagen, part five, and you're listening to Halloween Unleashed. We're going to get to the fun part now. Are you ready? Yep. All right. I'm a little scared, but okay. Well, Go for it, it. It, it was the 90s. Everybody was young. Everybody was um, chilling at the Hilton there um, back in the fall of 94 for five weeks, uh, most of you. Um, any fun cast and crew stories that you can share or that stand out in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul and I really bonded and uh, – we were obviously huge uh, film fans. I rented a car uh, just to have for days or like nights where if we wanted to go to like there was a blockbuster video literally and we decided we would do uh, a film like festival and we would do like Paul Newman movies. 
or, you know, Woody Allen movies or comedies. And we go to the Blockbuster and we rent, you know, all Paul Newman movies. HUD, uh, The Sting, um, you name it. Um, and just, we would just binge watch uh, all Paul Newman movies because we both, like, were obsessed with him. Woody Allen movies. Um, and then, like, I would rent a movie that I really loved that he had never seen, and he would rent a movie that he really loved and I'd never seen. And there was one day where I wasn't working, which was rare. Or, no, he wasn't working, and I was, which was rare. And I had rented this movie... Do you know this movie, With Mal and I, starring Richard E. Grant? No, no. Okay. Richard E. Grant, do you know who he is? He's a British actor. I know who the actor is. I just, I'm not familiar with the film. Paul was such, a, like, he had such a vast knowledge of film. Super cool. So when I said, you know, have you seen With Mal and I? He was like, no. And I was like, do you know what it is? He said, no. I said, oh, my God. Oh, 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 okay. Renting this. So this one day where uh, I was working, he wasn't. I gave him the rental car. He came to pick me up when I was done shooting on set. And I said, so did you watch With Nail and I today? With Nail is the last name of the character. Um, like his last name is like yours, Morgan. Like it would be like Morgan and I. Right. Actually, grammatically correct, it should have been with Nell with and me, but we're not going to get into that. But with Nell and I, and he said, yes. And I thought, oh, shit, he didn't like it. And I said, did you like it? And he said, I did not like with Nell and I. <laughs> I... Are you freaking kidding me? And he became so obsessed with the movie that like several years later, there was an article in Details. Do you remember Details magazine? Of course. It was a magazine for like men, kind of. It was an article about Paul Rudd and this actor, Donald Logue. I don't know if you know him. They were doing a movie together, and they both, they bonded because they were both so obsessed with, with the movie with Nell and I, that they could recite the entire movie the, from the first line of the movie to the last line of the movie. And I was like, I remember where I was when I read that article, and I was like, hello, can you give me some credit? for introducing you to this movie. Hello. But um, uh, it's, it's so good. It's just brilliant comedic masterpiece. You must watch it as well, soon as I, possible. I'm looking it up right now as you're talking. And, uh, good. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a 7.7 7 out of 10 and directed oh, it's, by... Oh, that's ridiculous. It should be like a 10. That's crazy. Well, you know. Uh, it... But people, like people who love it, 
really love it. It has a, you know, what they call a cult following. Like, it really has this underground cult following, and it's almost like, you know, Halloween wink sex. and a nod. Yeah, like Halloween sex. Yeah, it has a underground You're one cult of the following. first people, though, Chris, who really like the movie, who talk about it, because it's mostly just criticism. And it just, it got so exhausting, you know, when it came out and everyone was so critical and if anyone knew what was wrong with the movie, I did. And to hear people's critiques, it was like, are you kidding? You think I don't think that was wrong too? Like, of course. And of course, then they... Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, hi. Okay. We just um, went out for just a brief second. Well, that's that's the thing too that I that I that that I wanted to make sure I hit the point home. Um, while while I had Dan on is like, look, you were put in a position where you got the writing credit, sure, but the unfair criticism that you took for the garbage that came out of that is not fair. Uh, because I couldn't agree more. You have a you have a writing title, but that's not your original script. So there's Honestly, pieces of it. I'm sorry, I'm just eating something right now. Um, I don't mean to eat your face, but I'm not judging. Um, thank you. Honestly, the fact that Daniel didn't have a nervous breakdown is amazing to me because I think I might have and he has such a strong character and he's such a good person he was able to just take it in process it and move forward and continue to write and and be brilliant and do his own stuff and you know it's amazing because if I if if so much of my script had been changed and I didn't like it and my name was on it, I don't I, I don't know what I would do. I'd be so frustrated. Um, it was his but, dream job, you know, right? Exactly. Yeah, and um. And the fact that he was this freaking expert in the whole room, metaphorically, about Halloween. They should have paid him to stay on set and advise and guide and, and do everything. He should have been paid to be there. How cool would it have been to get Daniel Farron's in the accomplished version that he is now, not a young writer at that time trying uh-huh. to make his mark, but not only being able to maybe write something now, but to produce and direct it too. You know, that that's something that I think. Oh, I would, it's scary. I would love to see that. And that's what I mean about, you can tell the scenes that, Daniel was on the set for because they're shot differently. They're more Hitchcockian. Takes like a long time. There's suspense to get to the moment. 
Sure. And not just like, let's just like shoot it really fast and then move on. Um, it's all about tone. And the, it, that's why the movie feels uneven. Um, but there's certain yeah, parts of all. it that really work, though. And it's just, and it's just I know, those right? moments you're they like, really man, that's sheer brilliance. And then there's, well, the power of the ruins stopped them. And it's like, uh, okay. Um. Right. <laughs> the, 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 the ending of the producer's cut that Daniel called, like, the magic acorn. Exactly. <laughs> um, the Zena the magic acorns, yeah. By the way, um, for all the listeners right now, this is the Daniel Farron's part six episode featuring Marianne. Aiken. I feel like we're <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're having a love fest over Daniel who deserves it because he's brilliant. Yeah. And, but you uh, know what though? You, you deserve it too. And, um, I God, you're so sweet. Thank you. I want to shift this back to you. Uh, besides, Daniel and besides Paul, who else did you bond with uh, most on set? I mean, I uh, definitely bonded with Mariah, but Carrie, who played Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not Mariah Carey. Mariah O'Brien. It, Mariah O'Brien. Can someone please shoot me? I do no. need to tell the listeners, it's very late at night or early in the morning. You and I are both campfires doing this interview um, when it worked for us. Um, late on a Friday night, thank you. Um, nowhere else I'd rather be. Uh, but I, I bonded with Mariah a bit, uh, but she was only there for three weeks, and she had really bonded with the actor Paul Bogart, uh, who played her boyfriend, my brother, Oh, Keith, Keith Bogart. Him, yeah. by the way, has absolutely wanted nothing to do with the movie. Like, absolutely refused to do any of the H6 reunion, um, you know, uh, conventions. Wow. Because that was the year that it was like the H6 anniversary. And that's what, what you know, I think we talked about it earlier I haven't done that many conventions, not because I don't want to, but I'm just not asked to do them. There's certain, um, you know, obviously, I mean, I was Kara Strode in Halloween 6. That's it. Uh, it's not like I'm, you know, some legend. And there's, like, people who are legends who are asked to do them constantly. And that, you know, uh, Mikey Perez, got all of us to sign on, except, as I said, Paul Rudd couldn't do it because of conflicts with right. uh, Disney and Ant-Man. But uh, Keith Bogart, the reason I said Paul Bogart, that's his father, who's actually a film director. And again, you need to understand, I haven't talked about some of these people in decades, <laughs> literally. And so we're talking tonight and I'm like, fishing for names, like, in the back of my cerebral cortex. Um, used, refused. He had no interest in doing the conventions. And I, and I wonder why. I, 
you know, I'm not in contact with him. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know why. I mean, was, was he like miserable on set or anything like that, that you can remember? Not at all. Not at all. He was really happy. He and Mariah, as I was saying, they really bonded and they, um, were kind of BFFs and Paul and I were kind of BFFs. Uh, and you know, I'd like to take a moment to actually, uh, talk about Mustafa. The, the time that I actually got to realize what a beautiful, elegant man he was, was in Salt Lake City at that hotel. Um, yeah. Like Daniel said, he was a man of few words. He was not the cliche of the Hollywood producer, like slap you on the back while shaking your hand saying, hey, good to see you, good to see you. He was <laughs> very uh, taciturn, which anyone who wants to look that word up means, you know, a few words. He... When I auditioned, he said very little. He was so intimidating to me, I wanted to throw up. He was so well-dressed. He wore the most beautiful cashmere blazers with, you know, suede patches on the elbows. And he wore silk ascots. And he had this beautiful silver salt and pepper hair that was grown just a little bit longer. So you knew he wasn't a lawyer. Uh, you knew he was someone in a creative field because you can't grow your hair really like long like that. Like it wasn't long, but it's hard to explain. It was just, it had movement to it. If that makes sense. He yeah. looked very European. If that's, if that makes any sense to those stars. which which um, by the way which by the way we love all of our european listeners i just had to throw that out there we love your european listeners and i'm blown away by how many you have including um from the isle of man in the uk hello how incredible is that um but i really never i didn't speak to him and then I'm in I'm at the hotel and I'm I go down to the lobby to go try to get something to eat. And there's Mustafa sitting in this chair and it was an atrium. So like light the sunlight was shining through this atrium. It was shining right on him. And he was so beautiful and breathtaking and I was so intimidated by him that I just thought oh my god maybe I can walk right by him and he won't see me I don't have to try like try to talk to this god you know and he saw me stopped me right away and he said come sit and I sat in the chair next to him and he just asked me simple questions and I blathered on like an idiot and he just listened 
and he had this light that came out of his eyes, and he would nod. And very much the way Daniel described him, I thought it was really accurate. Like, he just, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a bullshitter. Uh, he just he was a very elegant man with a great mind, and he was so lovely to me. Um, when we finally had that first kind of chat. And when he was on set, he was always very supportive in a very uh, subtle way. Like, he would just walk by and just sort of tap you on the shoulder, basically saying, good job, you're doing well, kind of thing. And it meant the world. And, of course, he was very close with Donald Pleasance because of the many years of history they had together. Yep. And I think he must have known about Donald's uh, health issue, um, which, you know, nobody else really knew about. Uh, but it was very apparent after a while that uh, he was... Uh, um, a little weak, you know, um, and uh, was not, you know, uh, in full vigor. Uh, and, uh, but I, I didn't, I certainly didn't know. And he was, you know, talking about Donald now. He was just, you know, I was talking about being intimidated. I, I just was, speechless. I was so nervous around him, but he put me at such ease and he had such a brilliant sense of humor. And he, again, another man of not of many words. Um, but when he did speak, mm -hmm. it meant something. And he was hilarious. Um, in a very, by the way, deadpan, dry way. Can I tell you one little story? Sure. And then I and then I have a story for you about him. Okay. So I'm sitting in, you know, uh, this director's chair uh, on set. They're doing a lighting setup or something, and. Uh, I have uh, Vanity Fair, a copy of that, Vanity Fair, the magazine, on my lap that I'm reading. And Donald comes over and sits in the chair next to me. He says, what are you reading? And I show him. I turn you know, the magazine toward him. And it's Vanity Fair. And he says, ah, Thackeray's best. You know, Thackeray wrote the novel Vanity Fair. And I, I just, it took me like two seconds to understand joke, and I just about fell over in the chair. And I just thought, this is a story I'm going to be able to tell for the rest of my life. Because, I mean, who thinks of that brilliant comment in the moment? Usually... We think of things, you know, we, we call them elevator thoughts. Like, you think of it when you're on the elevator on the way down after the meeting. 
<laughs> you don't think of it in the room. Sure. And to be able to, it's like Churchill was famous for being able to be so witty and come up with a devastating retort in the moment. Um, and that's the way he was. It was just stunning. So now you tell me your story. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, I know, <laughs> no, I, I really do. I, I love stuff like this. And I know that when people hear, hear that, they're going to be so excited to hear. And that's one of the reasons the numbers kept growing through Daniel's stories because the, it kept getting deeper. Um, but no, don't know if you've ever heard this, but when he was on the set of Halloween two, apparently, uh, he had to go, he had to go to the bathroom really bad. He had to go see a man about a horse and yeah, <laughs> they told him where to go. And he's like, Oh, okay. Apparently Donald stumbled into one of the neighboring houses that they were filming. Um, I think it was during the Elrod scene and, um, he ended up going into the wrong house, but he's in there, I guess, just pants down around the ankles, just going. And this lady comes walking in. She's like, what are you doing in my house? And he's right in the middle midstream and just turns there. He goes, Oh, I'm taking a piss, you know? And, and, uh, apparently this, this story got around like behind the scenes, like, like crazy, like where he just was kind of, accidentally exposed himself to the to a neighbor because he went into the wrong house and when he asked what he was doing he just bluntly says i'm taking a piss you know and <laughs> it's uh i don't know that story's always tickled me because i could i i just picture it and i don't know can I, you I think... imagine that like she could have eaten out for years on that story alone Especially in this day and age. Well, exactly. <laughs> but can you imagine opening your bathroom and this Donald Pleasance? I mean, even if you didn't know that he was this enormously famous, respected actor, the man who responds to as the most gorgeous British actor is just, I'm taking a piss. Yep. I yep. mean... That's, that's, that's honestly that's why, why it, it tickles like me. Your, your life is made, basically. Yeah. You know, you can tell that story forever. Absolutely. It's just, I, I don't know. It's just, that's, that's just always tickled me. It, it's, it's always made me laugh. Um, that's wonderful. Who do you still keep in touch with? Uh, if anybody. Um, so, uh, let's see. Daniel, I, we haven't spoken in years. And that's why I want, I, I really want to make clear when I compliment him, it's not because we're besties and we just like got off the phone before I started this conversation with you. Right. That's not the case at all. Um, he lives in LA. I live in New York. We've both gone on with our lives, but there's such a deep respect that I have for him. So I, I'm not, I don't, we're not in touch. I mean, we're in touch on social media, if that makes sense. Like, we'll like each other's posts on Facebook. 
that once in a while, but um, not in touch with him. Paul, I run into once in a while. We're both coincidentally um, very involved with this non-for-profit, which is for uh, stuttering uh, children from 8 to 18. Um, it's a, an artistic home for children 8 to 18 who stutter. Um, and it's, it used to be called the Our Time Theater Company, and now it's called Say, which is short for Stuttering Association for the Young. And uh, coincidentally, we both got involved with it through different, you know, uh, people. And we see each other at the benefits. And we have a fun time chatting. Um, but we're not like in touch daily or anything like that. And he's not on social media. It's not like uh, we're in touch. But at Mariah, we, you know, we saw each other a bunch when we did those conventions. The Cherry Hill, the Maryland, Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and then Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year, we were kind in Texas quite a bit. Um, yeah, so I guess basically nobody is the answer to the question. Um, I don't think I'm touch with really anybody, but there's definitely a deep love and respect uh, when I do see or, you know, do run into people like Paul once in a while because of you know, charity work and um, actually shot an indie film up in Rhinebeck, New York, where he actually has a house and he's like, you know, like Polly. He's like, oh my God, what the? And it was just fun just like, running into each other like that. Um, I'm, I'm one of the. Now, I'm one of those people that. People are going to hear this, and people that are fans of H2O are probably going to probably send me hate messages. That's 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 fine. Um, but I was not a real big fan of H2O, and I, I think because of the fact that, like I told you earlier, you you were my girl. You were Kara was my character. That was the first experience in theaters that I had. She, she was in a, was in the series that I loved and I wanted to see more of her and I wanted to see more of her, Tommy and Danny. I wanted to see what was going to happen. Were they going to go off after they left and were they going to become a couple? Because there was little hints of that, but early in the film, yeah, she Paul thought he was a creep. Talked about, Paul and I absolutely talked about like how much should... We liked that the characters never kiss. We loved that because we thought they should not. Because if he's emotional damage as a child in my situation, we loved that they never kiss, but we were trying to sort of find moments where there was something there. There was so there was sexual up on it. there was sexual tension uh, when mm-hmm. Kara is looking at the computer screen 
and he says, whatever it appears, he appears. And he's like real close to your face and to your neck. Yep. And the way yep. he delivered that and he's looking at you, I'm like, he's like uh, we, putting the moves on exactly, her. We knew exactly what we were doing. We, yeah. talk, we talked about it. Like, it was like, oh, this is a moment where I get close to you, but then I feel uncomfortable about being close to you. Yeah. We tried to find moments. Um, to put that, you know, just that hint of maybe there's yeah. some attraction there, but it's not the focus of the movie at all. Um, but maybe it might come around in Halloween 7 because we both thought like, oh, of course, we're going to be doing Halloween 7. We signed the contract. Right. <laughs> right. That's why we were, we were just laughing so hard about, um, you know, it was like they wanted nothing to do with us. And it was Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, of course, she's a goddess. And they wanted her back. And it's great that they got her. Um, but, yeah, we yeah, we, we definitely tried to find moments to sort of instill that. Well, the, of something. Well, the one thing I, I picked up on, and, and this was my personal note, um, I was a young writer at the time, but I, I was, um, I looked at it like when I was doing like a little bit of a breakdown, I was like, well, I could see this if they went forward. This could be like one of those tragedy romances where they were kind of forced together at first, but all these tragic things happen and now they end up together. But it's not exactly perfect because it started on a really weird foundation. Um, that was the, that was the internal note that I had. I mean, that's just me sharing that with you. Yeah, I, that's, that's, uh, that's absolutely, I mean, that's what we were sort of trying to instill in people's minds. So you got it. Well, you knocked it out of the pot, kid. (laughs) Thank you, kiddo. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, so, um, so you haven't seen this special. Um, again, there's a lot that that I'm going to catch you up on. But there was an Entertainment Tonight special that they ran on Halloween Six uh, a couple weeks, a month or so before the film came out in the theaters, and. Of course, you were quoted because you were on there. Um, it was like what an honor mm-hmm. and privilege it was to work with the late Donald Pleasance. Walk us through mm-hmm. how you met him, when you met him. Do you remember your first words to him? And overall, how was he to work with since his health was really beginning to deteriorate? All right, we are back. And once again, we want to thank Marion Hagen for uh, taking the time out of her schedule to talk with us fans and give us a deep dive breakdown of her experience during the, the fall of 1994 and going back in time and reliving those memories with us. Um, next week, we're going to get to uh, her part six episode, which is kind of funny. We're ending on a part six, but um, May 17th, it's a Sunday night for those that are not in the Facebook group, which you hear me say it every week. 
which is uh, roughly about 15 to 1600 of you that are not in the Facebook group um, that just subscribe to the podcast because you found us out there. Maybe you don't have a social media. Maybe you don't get into groups. Maybe you don't do that stuff. That's all fine. I like to get information out to you as well. Uh, May 17th is um, it's a Sunday night starting at 9 o'clock. Um, when I started Halloween Unleashed, it was, you know, obviously we're going to cover the series and we're going to cover the independent mass collecting hobby um, quite a bit because that is my background. And there's only so much Halloween series that you can talk. There's 11 films and, you know, once you've talked for 11 weeks, that's over with. There's only so many different things that you can do with that. But the biggest part of the collecting side of the Halloween um, series is the independent Myers masks. Um, and a lot of people see me take pictures. I've been asked, you know, do you Photoshop? Do you do this stuff? The answer is no. Um, I have a photography and film background. Um, that I've talked about even in this series with Marianne, obviously in my series with Dan, I talked about it. Um, and anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I've directed, I've produced, I've written. Um, so on top of everything, um, one of the things that, that really stands out is I really love photographing masks and figuring out what do my naked eyes see on that mask that maybe a lens won't pick up and that it, let me try to expose for that? To a lot of people, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. After May 17th, it should because we are doing a live episode, uh, much like we did. It's through the app Zoom, and uh, there's a lot of meetings going on through Zoom. Uh, we have an account you know, once again, thanks to our sponsors and our subscribers and uh, everybody that has chimed in to, to, to build this brand. Uh, we were able to get a year-long subscription with Zoom strictly for the uh, episodes that we're going to do live. There's a chat room inside there. Um, I'm able to share my screen, so it's best if you can do it from a PC uh, with a headset. Um, if you have to do it from a tablet or a phone, you can do that as well. Go into your app store or Google store, download the app for your phone or smart device, um, or just sit down at a PC or a laptop, whatever, and uh, type in the code that I'm going to put on the Facebook page and on the Instagram. I will try to put it in this description, but I may forget. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I'm going to sit and I'm going to give a photography lesson and run through things that I do, and then I'm going to address cell phone photography, uh, the different apps that are available out there, how you can use those apps to better take pictures. Um, cell phones will not take this type of shots that DSLR cameras take, but you can get some really nice uh, cell phone shots if you know what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do. Um, I'm going to break down photographs because, like I said, I can share my screen. I'm going to pick several different photographs, and I'm going to run through um, how I did it, what settings I used, um, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, there's a chat room that you can type your questions right into the chat room. Um, I'll address them on the air. 
And for those of you that, that want to call in, everybody that comes into the chat is on mute. There is no video. There is no audio except for mine because I'm the host. And then um, if you decide that you want to ask me a question and not type it, just let me know in the chat room. I will unmute you and you can talk to me just like you called in a phone number and we can just talk live on the air. And uh, your question may help somebody that may not know how to ask the question. Um, so it's a really interactive show. We did a, a live episode, um, right before the Marianne Hagen series started. So go back into our archives and find how, um, unleashed live. Um, I don't know what episode number it is, but it was right before the Marianne Hagen series picked up, go check out that episode so you can see how I interacted and how we interacted, uh, with people who called in. It was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was done on a very last minute thing. Um, I'm trying to put a little bit of advertisement out there. Not everybody's going to be able to join us. That's okay. Um, but if we have a dozen, two dozen people um, to make it fun and interactive, it's going to be a really nice um, how to photograph your, your, your masks, your collection, things that you spend a lot of money on. After this episode, there's going to be no more of, I just... I'm just not a good picture taker or I can't photograph or I just don't know what I'm doing or I'm just using my cell phone. No, we're going to talk DSLR. We're going to talk uh, cell phone photography, what apps to use for cell phone, um, how to expose for those, for those little slight um, marks on a paint job that your naked eye can see, but the, but the lens of the camera can't see. And how do you expose for that? So I'm going to cover all of that. The last thing I want to leave you guys with, and then we're going to get out of here, is sometime in June, right now we have it penciled in as June 28th, we are going to do a, a live episode with Marianne Hagen, and we're going to be able to ask her questions direct in the chat room, like I talked about earlier in the episode, or do call-ins and ask her questions on the air. Um, that maybe maybe we just didn't get to, or maybe you're still a little foggy about, and you want more clarification, or or whatever. So, um, but we're going to open up a portion of the show where people can call in and ask her questions, and she's agreed to do that, and um, she's looking forward to talking with each and every single one of you, just like I am. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But right now we have that penciled in for June 28th. Um, that's a Sunday night because that's what everybody voted for on the social media page. So if those out there that aren't part of the social media page, um, if you would like a say on what night we do a live show, go join up to the page. And when we put polls out like that, it was a flash poll, quick poll, uh, just to gauge interest. And everybody almost unanimously picked Sunday. There's a couple people that picked Monday or Tuesday. But for the most part, it was a landslide uh, Sunday night, which I was a little shocked by. But um, needless to say, we are going to do that in June. Right now, penciled in June 28th, we're going to get an official statement and we're going to give you more information on that from uh, when I talked to Marianne more. Uh, but next week, part six, we are going to uh, end the series and once again, we thank her so much. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. The numbers continue to be so impressive. 
for an independent uh, podcast and uh, the community, the Halloween fans, uh, all of you guys that are listening each and every single week and sharing the episodes and talking about it with your friends, introducing people that to it that have never heard of this before um, has been nice. And the direct messages that, that I continue to get from people saying, really love the show. I, I, I am binge listening. Um, I go out and mow the grass or I'm, I'm working on a lot of house projects due to the coronavirus right now. And I'm getting an opportunity to binge listen to these episodes. That's been something that has been very, very, very nice for me as the, as the one who, who built the brand. But um, gonna be back next week with with a co-host, hopefully, um, because I don't want to leave the series without uh, without a little breakdown and knowledge. But I'm glad you guys got a chance to listen to her straight through today, and um, you got to hear me just for a little while. So, want to thank each and every every single one of you again for listening, and we will be back next week with Marianne Hagen, part six, the series finale. Have a great week. The Halloween Unleashed Podcast. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Halloween Unleashed.